Today, Lou and I speak with Nicole Thompson. Nicole is a published author who has written about her deliverance from a methamphetamine addiction in her book titled 50 Shades of Truth. Her testimony of 16 years of freedom has brought healing, understanding, and deliverance to many because of its simple gospel message of God's mercy and forgiveness. In this interview, she shares her story of overcoming. She shares about the restoration of her marriage and some other pretty intimate details. It is our hope that you enjoy this conversation. Thank you for listening to Earrings Off Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. Welcome to Earrings Off. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Okay, we have with us Nicole Thompson, who wrote a book titled 50 Shades of Truth. Welcome, Nicole, to today's Earrings Off episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, Nicole, you have had quite a journey, uh, and we are um, excited for our audience to hear about it because we know that it will be a benefit. Uh, to them and to us. So I'm going to ask the question that's sort of like the elephant in the room. Talk to us about getting re- getting married to the same guy. What's up with that? <laughs> well, uh, we met and married when I was 20 and he was 36 and we were married for three and a half years. And for the most part, they were amazing years. Mm-hmm. We blended families. He had custody of five of his six kids. I brought in two boys and we had a boy together. Okay. And however, towards the end of our first marriage, God blessed us with a construction company. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I were both sober. We didn't drink. We didn't do drugs. Uh, We were your typical, you know, soccer mom family driving the minivan meals at, you know, supper time, pray before meals. But when we started this construction company, we started having all of these people with very different lifestyles in our front row. And eventually infidelity and drug dealing uh, became involved in our marriage. And I ended up leaving my husband and we divorced. Mm-hmm. So uh, his lifestyle continued on, on that train wreck of a path of drugs and alcohol and eventually I decided I wanted to hop on that train, kind of like a little bit like a lunatic. And I ended up starting to use methamphetamine. And so for three and a half years, uh, he ended up getting arrested. And he sat in prison. And I was just out divorced, single and wild. And um, the whole time he was in prison, even though we were divorced, he would write these letters about how he knew that God was going to put our marriage back together. And I thought he was insane. Like Mm -hmm. I thought he was, there was no way I was going to take him back. He had his chance. He blew it. Uh And um, God had other things in store. So we ended up remarrying 16 and a half years ago. And so we have been very happy 
remarried for the past 16 and a half years. You know, Tony before Jesus was a great guy, but Mm -hmm. the husband that I have today that serves Jesus with me by my side, uh, there's nothing, nothing that could top that. And so, um, yeah, remarried the same guy. Wow. That's an awesome story. It mm-hmm. is. And congratulations on that. And when you talk about him, it's unfortunate our audience can't see you because you are just glowing. Yes. So, yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. 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 With with such a great story, I almost hate to bring up this next question because, because I see the glow, right? <laughs> Can you tell us about the hardest part of getting free from meth? Hmm. Those people, they don't want to let you go. And so, um, so often, so for the past five years, we've been leading a celebrate recovery and I find it true, not just in my story, but I could give you back to back example of where people are doing really good and they have a friend that they want to help. Mm-hmm. And slowly that bad company corrupts good morals. And mm-hmm. so basically what happens is uh, if you continue, I, I heard it said so funny yesterday, if you go hang out at a barber shop day after day after day, you're going to eventually get your hair cut. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the same thing when you continue to hang around those people in those places. Right. Even if you are adamant that you're going to be the one that pulls them out of the muck, unfortunately, they will pull you into it. Mm. And I think knowing that I couldn't help the people that I loved, that I was going to have to love them and pray for them from a distance. Mm -hmm. It was hard, but it's just something that I think almost everyone has to learn. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, you know, that's interesting because, Nicole, we did an episode with um, a lady who also was in recovery and doing quite well. And she said one of the things she learned was just what you said, that you have to let go of some people when you know that they will draw you right back into yes. certain behaviors. So she said that's sometimes the hardest call, but it yes. has to be done. Yeah. Nicole. Is, is it hard for you to share such intimate details about your life with everyone? Like, you know, you've shared about, you know, your meth journey. And so has that been something that's difficult? Because not many women will talk about that. I believe also, I told you, I, in preparation for this episode, I, I listened to you and read some of the inf- other info. And you talk about also being addicted to porn. So yeah. Are, yeah, can you talk to us a little bit about that, how you're able to be brave enough to share this? Well, I think we're only as sick as our secrets. And so when wow. we're not willing yeah. to admit something, um, I love and, that. and you have to, this is my best advice for someone. You have to know your audience. If people like, and again, it goes back to your last question of, you know, I can't go to the crack house to try to help them. It has to be people who want help. And so I, ha- I am very intentional about who I speak to about um, pornography and overcoming it and my addiction, because I don't want to give thoughts to anybody that I might have to like minister to. So I'm very um, picky about cross ministering, being very careful not to make any of my husband's friends uncomfortable. Okay. But there is something about ministering from your pain and where you have found healing and hope. Because so often we talk about things as if they are the end of the book, 
there is no way to write a new story. And I'm here to say there is. Is mm -hmm. it hard work? Was I instantly delivered at the altar? No, I was not. So it is just as easy for me to relapse if I start watching things on TV and entertaining things that are unhealthy. So mm -hmm. what that means for me is, um, and, and my husband, when he got out of prison, we were very intentional not to watch anything that had infidelity, you know, mm. husbands and wives cheating, premarital sex. And, and I say that loosely, it's not like we're watching sex mm. anyway, but your evening TV is pretty disgusting. I was right about now. to say, it, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you can you can be sitting and watching a pretty tame show and then it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. And knowing to shut it off immediately instead mm. of making excuses. And the thing is, I did a podcast with someone who um, was in movie production and she said the reason they do that on episode three or four is so that you are emotionally connected and invested to the characters and you will continue to watch it regardless and wow. what that does is it desensitizes our minds and our mm -hmm. hearts it mm -hmm. tears up our compassion and our mm -hmm. empathy it is like I, I'm really wanting to break into high schools and start talking to youth because I have I have ministered with more teen girls who we would be disgusted at the things these boys are asking them to do. Oh, and yeah, they're asking them that. and they're comfortable asking them right. because they have watched porn and they right. think it's normal. Right. And so whenever I share my testimony, I talk about how, you know, often those women are being forced or coerced or drugged and um, th that they're not having a good time. They are pretending and you right. don't see them throw up between takes. Yeah. You right. don't see them bawling their eyes out. Yeah. They edit that out. And I think that it is it is tragic what we've done to a generation where we think that, oh my gosh, the ozone, we eat on plastic plates, but porn's okay. Yeah. And, and oh, that's wow. my biggest yeah. that's my biggest complaint. Yeah. We have a right. generation of kids that are like, you shouldn't eat, don't throw away water bottles. Like, yeah. you know, they're they're all for the earth. But what kind of people are we going to have living on the earth? I think right. we have to fix both problems. Yeah. That is a, that's an excellent point, Nicole. Excellent point. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your Damascus Road experience. Oh, that's my, that's <laughs> my favorite story to tell. In, in my pornography addiction, I ended up thinking that I was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. um, I had been watching what I thought was soft porn and it really deadened my senses. And I was listening to all these voices that said, you know, your husband didn't treat you right. I bet a woman would love you better. I was actually living with a woman and my husband got out of prison and he showed up at my doorstep and I had a very vulgar pro gay shirt on. I had cut off, almost shaved my head. I had that Halle Berry uh, Catwoman mm -hmm. haircut mm -hmm. was yeah. the look that I was going for. And <laughs> so when he showed up, I instantly thought, okay, here's this Jesus freak. He is getting ready to judge me and I'm not going to listen to it. I can see the way he's looking at me. He's giving me dirty looks. I am ready to just slam this door in his face. He can probably see the track marks. By this time I had become an IV drug user. Mm -hmm. You know, when I married him the first time, he had custody of his kids. Yeah. So I knew for a fact he would not stand by and let me be a drug addict, 
sleeping around, doing the things I was doing, that he would take Freddie from me. And so those voices were getting louder and louder. And as I went to slam the door, our son Freddie was like, Daddy! And, and at the time, our son was only five. So he was one and a half when Tony went to prison. So I was like, oh, crap, I guess. Okay, so we'll talk. So we go into the kitchen and I'm sure I'm going to get a lecture. And Freddie is jumping up and down. He's five years old and he just wants to talk to his dad about everything and about absolutely nothing. He's right. a five-year-old. Um, I kept telling him, go in the other room, leave us alone, go, you know, go play. And he wouldn't listen. And so before I knew it, I said a slew of curse words telling him to get in the other room. And my five-year-old just began to weep. Like mm -hmm. he hung his head, big old crocodile tears welled up in his eyes. You know, Tony held up his hand to me. He put his hands like kind of in my face to get me to be quiet. And he said, Freddie, come here. And so he picked up our son and he put him on his lap. And he just began to hug him and like rub his little back and run his fingers through his hair. And he started to say, Freddie, mommy and daddy love you. And mommy and daddy want to hear what you have to say. And mommy and daddy, like you are so important to us. But first, mommy and daddy have to talk to each other. So we need you to be the obedient little boy that we know you are. We need you to go in the other room. And when mommy and daddy are done talking, we will come hear what you have to say. And I was just dumbfounded because first off, I always say it was Romans 2, 4, the kindness and goodness of God on display in my husband that mm. made me want what he had. Mm -hmm. But even more than that, as I've been on this journey of learning God's word and God's promises, it was the fruit of the spirit that mm -hmm. I saw in him. And ultimately, it was self-control because who has that much control when someone attacks an innocent five-year-old and does not deserve grace? I deserved none of that. I deserved mm. to be put in my place. And he broke all those walls. He broke all everything that the enemy tried to make me mad at him and make me angry and make me focused. I knew it wasn't jailhouse religion. I knew it was like, you can't fake self-control. You right. can't fake that kind of love. Like, yeah. I know I'm the luckiest. I know wow. I am. You know, so yeah. like that baby, that baby, he's 22 now. He's serving in Italy. He's in the Air Force. Wow. And he... Um, when we went to New Orleans to plan a church at 11, we watched him lead four people to Christ doing wow. the abandonment. Like, oh, yeah. there's no greater reward than your kids getting what you're trying to teach them. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and knowing that you're sincere, that you mean it, that like, and I can point to who I, and, and it took a long time. There's a lot of crap we still are cleaning up. You do not get out of your consequences. Like when, mm. when you... I mean, I still have consequences from 18, 19, 20 years ago. It wow. was my husband has 20 years clean a week ago Saturday on wow. the 23rd. That was when he got locked up. Even though we both have a long time clean, there are still lies that the enemy planted in our children. Because we have nine. We have nine children combined. Yeah. We have 12 grandchildren. And so our kids range from 35 all the way down to 22. It's a work in progress still. If I can be what their father was to me, the goodness and kindness of God on display, that's what really makes yeah. change. Yeah.
Wow. Awesome. I, I can see why you like to share that. That is that's a wonderful, <laughs> that's a wonderful yeah. testimony. You can honestly say, tell us why life is better now for you clean and sober. Man, I remember what I did last night for one. Nice. Um, yeah. I don't have to hide it. Like even, even though I said I wasn't ashamed, I I was. There's some guilt and shame. So there's that morning after in any in any sin, in anything. And there may be some people that are comfortable where they're at. I'm not here to judge anybody. If just someone is sick and tired of being sick and tired, whether it's drinking, drugs, that promiscuous lifestyle, I, that's what I want to do. I want to be here to help and share my story. But I think that what makes my life the best now is because, well, one, I'm super grateful that um, when videos were out, I was not out. <laughs> but it's fun yeah. to be doing yeah. this video on the positive side and right. not on my destructive side. Right. Because when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. And so I was really deceived and I was hurt. And that hurt fueled my pain. And I hurt a lot of other people because of it. And so I'm not ashamed. If I make a mistake, I, I remember it and I'm able to keep short accounts. I do a thing called daily inventory, which is part of Celebrate Recovery. That's just where we go over the wins for the day and we go over where we maybe missed it. And wow. what can we do better? You know, it's really neat to recognize things that 10 years ago would have never bothered me or a few years ago that I could have never mastered. For instance, when I was publishing my book, my son, who is 27 now, he was 25 at the time. He was like, you know, mom, I'm glad that you're happy with your testimony, but my childhood sucked. Oh, wow. Like that three and a half years was the worst three mm -hmm. and a half years. And it was horrible. And, you know, sometimes there's still some broken pieces inside of me that are very resentful. And are, are very hurtful. And it's, it's still a little bit hard for you to talk about it like it's awesome. Because for me, I'm, I'm still walking right. that out and getting over that. Wow. And I tend to forget that uh, my kids were 10, 9, and 5 when I got sober. So my 10-year-old, yeah. he saw a lot of the trash. He, he, but, but Nicole, I mean, what an awesome uh, testimony even to your relationship with your children that they're, they feel comfortable enough. To yes. be honest with you and oh, yes. so that you can work through it. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I have the best relationship with my three birth boys. Mm -hmm. I have really good, okay relationships with the adult children. We're still working on all of that. Yeah. They come yeah. home for holidays. We get the grandkids for Christmas. It's not as close as I wish it was because I talk to my kids at least every other day. Yeah. Um, and they call and I call them. We go to New Orleans. We go out to Kansas. We go visit them where they're yeah. at. They are launched far away. God has instilled in them a security that, you know, if, if they are willing to work hard and strive for what they want, you know, they can have it. Alex is in New Orleans with his wife and two kids. Josh was in Kansas with his wife and son. He just relocated to Iowa, got mm -hmm. a job promotion. And then our older children are all within a 60 mile radius. Wow. So they're, okay. yes, we do we get to go out for dinner and we get to go up there and we get to visit them. And, and it's just, it's still taking time to work yeah. on that because yeah. they were, they were um, 
nine to 14 was their ages when my husband went to prison. And so those were hard teenage years yeah. that, that he missed for them. Right. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you mentioned your book, um, 50 shades of truth where, yes. where the word truth is made up of lies. Can you tell us about that? Well, it's what we were talking about earlier about like yeah. that third episode that draws you in. Yeah. Uh, so I believe that in, we live in a media driven culture that mm -hmm. whether it is, you know, video music, whether it's TV shows, Netflix and chill, all these different shows, the commercials on cable TV, the sitcoms that are on in the evening. It is so hard to find anything family friendly. And it's not, um, I don't want to just sound like I'm saying it's, you know, a push for LGBT or drugs or alcohol or um, like Grand Theft Auto, rebellion against authority. It is ultimately rebellion against uh, any sort of order, family friendly, God honoring submission. Any type of that, it's just like out the window. And so what I mean by that is the video games are desensitizing our kids. We hand them these phones all the time. We're not monitoring what they're doing, what they're watching. Um, the TV shows are planting little seeds about hooking up. Friends yeah. with benefits. Yeah. You know, there are apps that are called, I've never been on it, but I guess the one app I wrote about in my book, because Levi Lusco talked about it, it's called Swipe Right. And so as you're walking, you can find other people that are on this app just looking for a hookup. And that's that's not how God created us. He created us to, yes, have relationship, but that intimate relationship was meant to be shared with one person for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that we have reduced it to something very trivial, like that styrofoam that we're throwing away Yeah, and acting yeah. like relationships are disposable. We're doing a a disservice to our kids when we let them tell us what they're going to do. It's our job as parents, as the spiritual authorities to train them up and then launch them. So, so that's what my book is about. It's a warning to parents and to grandparents and to people in the church who think that just because their kids go to, you know, Wednesday night youth group or to a Christian school or what, that they're safe. Because no one is safe to this. Right, right. You know, I, I did a lot of research when writing my book and I started writing it 14 years clean. And, you know, pornography has really changed since I watched it. And, and I'll share this. This maybe will give you a clue. 20 years ago, the very first porn that I was introduced to was in a VH1 music video. And I say it's porn because it planted a thought that had never been there. Mm -hmm. It was of two little schoolgirls kissing in the rain. It was a music mm -hmm. video by a Russian music producer mm -hmm. who said he saw a need that adult men wanted underage lesbian porn. And mm -hmm. so he filled it 20 years mm -hmm. ago, ladies. Yeah, what do you think wow. our kids are watching nowadays? Yeah, yeah. What, so much what, are, more. They, what yeah. are they facing nowadays? Yeah. And, and then they, they're competing with it and, and Instagram and Snapchat yeah. and you know, all yeah. these video apps and, yeah. and then parents just act like, well, everyone else is doing it. So I'm going to let them. Yeah. And so I'm sad for that. Yeah. Me too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, um, Nicole, those are all of the questions that we have for you today. Thank you for joining us. Do you have any parting advice or words for our audience? And please um, also share information about your website, how folks can okay. get in touch with you. Okay, absolutely. So 50 Shades of Truth is the number five zero, okay. shadesoftruth.com. I'm on, I'm on Facebook, uh, Nicole Bittler Thompson. That's my maiden name. And then my married name, my husband and I have a nonprofit, which is called prisoner to preacher prisoner with the number two preacher.org. And all of our contact information is on there. If you want a copy of the book, it's available on Amazon. Or if you buy it directly from the website, every book we sell, we send one into the local women, the women's prisons, mm -hmm. jails, and rehabs. Okay. Because wow. I believe that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. And that the only way for people to, to have hope is to know that someone's gone before them and overcome mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Do I have an easy life? No, but I love my life. I have a joy filled life. I love my marriage. Um, it does take work, but it's worth it. Like yeah. the grass is green where you water it. So whether it's your kid's relationship you might be struggling with or with your marriage or with whatever it is, um, we do have the answers available. We absolutely have the answers available. And we're not going to find it in the day-to-day -day, uh, media sources. You know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I'll mm -hmm. finish with you know, there's a reason we're supposed to dwell on things that are pure, holy, and lovely. It doesn't mean that I'm a goody two-shoes and I only watch Christian mm. preachers all day long. I watch movies. I watch things because if faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, well, then how does the fruit of the spirit come? How do we create compassionate children who have kindness and goodness and love and joy and peace? They have to see it. They have to witness it. They have to hear it. So for me, if you're struggling with your kids, which is the main reason I wrote the book, watch movies like Facing the Giants or watch movies like that are true. I love Ben Carson. He's mm -hmm. the reason my kids had to read. That's the reason my kids are successful. Mm -hmm. uh, watching his book, Gifted Hands, where mm -hmm. his mother made him read two yeah. books a week yeah. and write a, like we foster parented for 11 months. I made my littles read books. Yeah. Knowledge is power. You know, you set the tone for your home and it's never too late. You can start implementing a family movie once a week where you sit down and you put in something good mm -hmm. with you and your kids and then talk about it. Right. Stir up those conversations, you right. know, because they're getting a lot of garbage from the world. And so right. if we can put in a little bit of good and get those seeds to start watering. We will see a whole different generation. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Again, thank you for joining us. Um, lots of great information and um, our very best to you. Take good care. Thank you so much. Thank you.